2: Sport city, sport city, chef, chef. 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 Sport city, sport city. Chef. Yes, Lord. we got a brand new present. Joe Biden, we riding. I pray you haven't Word from the wise, my people stay ahead. Of. Come on. I've been relevant, trying to survive the elements. It ain't no love in these streets, these dudes telling it. Case go from cold to hot states.
0: Kid. Uh, 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 took off his blades and loosened up the tie. Stepped outside the kitchen. timeless is alive. What city what's going on? It is September 18th, 2022. Welcome to the Sunday morning brunch. It is your boy TP Thomas holding this down in the building. Y'all could have been anywhere else in the world, but y'all are now here with the chefs. We got you guys locked and loaded for at least the next hour or so in the building. We got a lot to discuss, a lot of things that went down from at least... The beginning of the weekend going into Friday all the way into Saturday as of last night and going into today with our views, our thoughts, our predictions, our pick that we have for week two in the NFL season. The Bird Months are only getting better out here in the Northeast or New England region. It is really cooling off. The summer is really tapering out. Uh, And I'm a fall guy. I love the fall. Like, that's why I call it the Bird Months. You get to put your hoodies on, your long sleeves, things of that nature. It gets the kick. You get the coach. You get to do things like that. So I, I love this time of the year, and, and I can't be more appreciative with everything that's going on, especially in the sport world, um, that I can't wait to jump into. The first thing that I'm going to jump into is the Boston match that happened last night between uh, Donati Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez. Um this is the trilogy that everybody's been waiting for, or at least it, like, helped settle the dust because a lot of people really weren't too confident or confirmed on how things went down uh, the first two fights. The first fight, a lot of people thought that Golovkin won it. The second fight, uh, Canelo wins it. And the third fight is kind of like, okay, we'll let that kind of be a redemption. But the first one was a draw. So now it's like one and a half, you know, for Canelo and a half a fight for... Triple G. Triple G has been active just as much as Canelo has. I I think he's actually been more active than Canelo, to be honest. Um, And in the fight last night, you you can actually see that one boxer was more active than the other. And um, in saying that, you know, you see more Canelo being more quicker to the punch, getting off early, and uh, making it a little bit difficult, or not a little bit, making it difficult for a guy like... uh, Triple G in that fight. Now, Triple G is 40 years old, so that is something to be a, a big co- a concern uh, that he is at that age. And for him to be in tip-top shape, you can see that he's he's 40. He's slower. Um, a lot of the punches that Canelo was throwing, it, it just they, everything landed, especially the stuff that he was throwing to the head, and it was some stuff that, you know, more or less, Golovkin was trying to get in and do work, but he just couldn't land the bomb that we all notoriously know him for landing. So this this was a tough thing for him to try and get done. Uh in a situation where you have Canelo trying to rebuild itself after a fight, uh, losing to Baval uh recently within this year. Um, in his respected weight class at one sixty eight, I think that's where he's fighting at. He's holding all of the belts so he actually entertained that after the fight. Who would he end up fighting? Uh he said Baval but he needs rest. He had his crown on and all of the belts around him. And um an ex- extended amount of gratitude was shown between them two, between Canelo and Triple G uh, at the conclusion of the fight. And um, it wasn't like – and this is the good thing that I like about Triple G. Triple G didn't own up to saying that he was getting ready to leave or that was the end of his career. He was like, I still hold all the belts at 160, so don't think it's over for me. Like, don't don't go out there and feel sorry for me. I'm still a champion. So just hearing him talk like that is like, okay, He's going to retire on his own, terms. out. I didn't want it to be this fight for him to just, like, have that send-off, like, oh, this is it, and so on and so forth. But we wait to hear his beautiful speech. That is one thing that is very entertaining about Triple G, is that he has those speeches that kind of have you, like, at the edge of your seat on. It's great to hear him talk that way. And he's from, you know, the Asian-European era area and um, able to, to, like, translate it into English, and everybody falls in love with it. But... Um, hopefully he can get some fights over here and challenge some people in his weight class and, you know, have a respected career at the end of the day. His two losses are to Canelo, uh, the last two fights of this trilogy, to, to give it some leeway or legs at the end of the day for that fight. So clearly this is one of the fights that I, I wish it would have came earlier because the last time they fought, the second fight was four years ago. And that's the one thing that makes me angry about the situation is, is you know that he got older, and while it was hot, while you guys were fighting, and give it like a, a year two, maybe three is like pushing it. The fourth year is like you watch him go from 36 to 40 and fight that fight. That's what that's what bothered me. And, and just like I said, he, Triple G's been – Great shape. He's in awesome shape, but you can see it. Like him out there, he he looked older. Um, and a lot of the punches that he was taking, it was those were damaging punches. Like before, he looked like Terminator. He was walking through punches before. Now it's like you could see those punches were stopping him in his tracks. So I got to give Canelo credit for winning that fight. I give uh, Triple G a lot of credit for taking this fight and, and trying to. I don't even want to say rebuild, but, like, keep that, that fire going into his career right now, too. So this is one of those trilogies that I can't be too upset with. I just wanted to see Canelo have more of a challenge, more or less. I I really thought Triple G is that type of boxer that could have ended up knocking him out because that's all he does. He fights with extreme power and uh, continues to bring the pressure. But this fight, he could not bring the pressure at all. He couldn't come forward like he wanted to, and that's what made it tough for him at the end of the day. Okay, so we do have Mike in the building. Mike, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning?
1: Ma'am doing well, good morning to you. Happy uh two and uh I just got it in time to hear your thoughts on the on the Canelo triple G fight last night. But good morning to you, sir.
0: Thank you. Good morning to you as well. Your thoughts on the fight or what you you seen, heard and so it's the views or opinions and the way that both of these boxes are going.
1: Well, I, you know, I think it's interesting that it's, like you said before, that it's late in these guys' uh career. And then I think uh, especially Triple G being over forty, he's always had that he's always had that power. Um uh don't know what we'll just sorry about like that uh he's always he's always had that power but for him to be able to he was gonna have to land a big knockout punch we knew that like he has gotten older he looked a little older in the second fight um which like you said uh to your point was four years ago so i think that triple g got what he was hoping for uh I'm sorry, not Triple G. I think Canelo got exactly what he was hoping for out of this fight. He tried to go up uh, in his last fight out in his lost, and realized that he was in a little bit too deep of waters. So he needed to go back down, uh, start punching at his weight instead of above his weight. So he does. Um, he knew that this was a spot where there were still some people That would buy it, there would still be some interest There, and he could definitely Sell some tickets, and that's what he was Able to do For this uh, for this Fight, and I, I do think You're right, I think that we saw You know tr- Triple G looked 40 <laughs> Right, and he couldn't match him. I thought that, you know, Canelo clearly won the fight, but this wasn't one of the better versions of Canelo either. I think Canelo looked uh, looked a little older as well. So I think that Canelo needs this fight just to get back on the winning track and to see what else he's going to do in his career. He needs to stay away from light heavyweight, and we'll see, you know, what he can, uh, what he can continue to put together. But he got what he was uh, expecting. He got a win. Uh you know this is part three. He got the more convincing win in this fight uh unfortunately when the everything goes down in the books, it'll be two to zero to one in this trilogy. I still think triple G uh sort of won the first one, so I hate that he's not gonna have a win in this series but uh these triple G is just on the back end end of his career, but much respect for what he's able to uh what he's been able to do in his career. He just didn't have it last night.
0: The crazy thing about this is um, I want to see Triple G go as far as he can. I don't want him to continue to take too much damage because this is what happens when people love this. Um, They they necessar- unnecessarily stay in that involvement and end up getting hurt beyond means. Like we think about the Muhammad Ali run or Joe Frazier run. Like they stayed in the sport too long. But then you look at guys that actually – are okay, like Roy Jones or Bernard Hopkins. These guys fought later into their careers, and they're all right. But um, you don't want them to have lasting effects, kind of like what uh, Joe Frazier and uh, Muhammad Ali ended up having, you know, later on in life. So it'll be cool to see Triple G keep fighting, and and if he could build up a a storm of winds again, and if he retire on his own terms, that'd be cool too. Or I doubt if they run into a part four of this because it's, Canelo answered the bell. He had a draw and two wins. It's like, what is he going to do Go into the fourth fight and win the fourth fight? So I don't know what triple G does to get like a big name fight, but this, I, I think this actually damages him moving forward, not his legacy or his career, but moving forward, like trying to get another big fight or a payday. I don't know if the boxing world will entertain that talk in front of him, but it, nevertheless, I'm, I'm a triple G fan. I love that this guy is a Terminator and, he that's the one thing that I, it bothers me myself about myself is he pulls that gladiator out of me, that gladiator type of watching boxing where you live in for the knockout to watch somebody get knocked out. Cause he's that type of boxer. how A lot of people get enamored with like Pacquiao Pacquiao was a knockout boxer at one point. And um, if they don't have that, they got to go out there and box. And if they don't, they're neutralized. And that's similar to Deontay Wilder and him getting outclassed by like a Tyson Fury. So, Hopefully, you know, his fans and and from wherever they are in that region of, like, Asia, Europe, continue to, you know, support him and keep pushing the agenda. And also, if he stays active, like, he's going to have to at least get another fight in in 2023, I want to say around, like, between March and May, and just stay active. I mean, because he is older, and you don't want him to lose too many steps because he's slower than – the average age boxer. I think the average age boxer to me would probably be a number. I want to be fair, like 27 to like 29 because some go into the 30, some of them quit in their 30, some of them go into their forties too, but you don't really see a lot of these boxers that are in the, their their prime fight late into their career. So this is, this is an uphill task for triple G at this point in time. But again, like he said, he still holds belts at one sixty, So that's respected. And, um, for him to kind of get the crowd to give in to, well, not even give in, to give him some leeway of not giving up on him just because he lost to Canelo, and he gave him a ton of respect at the end of the fight. And that's what makes the, a lot of the, the media and public um, and fans alike love Triple G. He, he is a fan favorite. He, he does it all for the crowd, and, and there's nobody that can really be mad at him. Okay, anything else that you'd like to say toward his mic before we get away from it? No, not on this fight. I think we covered it all. Okay, so now we do have an interesting weekend that was. Of, of course, we still got the MLB going on, and the MLB is coming down to its final little stretches, if you will. I think there's like a little – it's around like 20 games left in the season as we come up to the end of September going into October, in the fall classic. Uh, fall is this well, week. Indeed, so this, well, is what, this, this is what makes it so beautiful about the fall season is that we start to see the real races and. Also, around the last week of September, uh, the NBA preseason kicks off too. But I'll do this as quick as I possibly can because I do want to, like, try to get in and get out at a reasonable time because I know we keep a loaded Sunday, especially when the fall is around here. So um, looking at the MLB, not too much has really changed, but it is interesting in the American League East. The Yankees are ahead with an 87-58 record. They are ahead of Tampa Bay by excuse me. They're ahead of Toronto excuse me by four and a half. Toronto's eighty three and sixty three. Tampa Bay is eighty one and sixty four. Baltimore is seventy five and sixty nine. And Boston is seventy and seventy five. In the NL Central, the Guardians are seventy nine and sixty six. The White Sox are seventy five and seventy one. The Twins are seventy two and seventy three. The Royals are now eliminated at fifty eight and eighty eight. The Tigers are also eliminated at fifty five and ninety. In the in in the AL West, the Astros have clinched. They are ninety five and fifty one, the best team in the American League. The Mariners are eighty and sixty four. The Rangers are sixty three and eighty two. The Angels are sixty three and eighty two as well. And the Oakland Athletics are eliminated at this point in time at fifty three and ninety three. In the National League East, this is an interesting race. The Mets are ninety two and fifty five in first the Braves are right behind them with 90 and 55, a game back. The Phillies are 80 and 65. Uh the Marlins are eliminated now at 59 and 87. The Nationals are 51 and 94 eliminated as well in that division. The NL Central, the the Cardinals are 87 and 60 leading in the division. The Brewers are 78 and 67 and the bottom three, the Cubs are 62 and 83, the Reds are 57 and 89. The Pirates are 55 and 91, all eliminated at this point in time. The Dodgers are the best team in the league, the MLB. They are 144, and they are in first place by 21 games. The Padres are 80 and 66. The Giants are 69 and 76. The Diamondbacks are 68 and 77, and the Rockies are 63 and 82, rounding out the NL West. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on any of the divisions or their races at this point in time that you'd like to discuss.
1: Braves and Mets, even in the loss column, so, you know, two-game difference right there. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how this pans out. I do like I think the Mets have a little bit easier schedule, but we'll see if they can get everything done in their division. Uh, The Braves have seven with the Phillies that just started this weekend. Um, They got the first two right now. They have one more today to finish that series. And then they got a four-game set with them next week. So uh, that's going to have a big hand in this. It looks like 80 is kind of the cutoff point. Uh, for these wild cards, right now you got Philly uh, and San Diego with 80 wins apiece. Uh, Milwaukee is kind of getting back in there. I think you just said Milwaukee with 78 wins. Uh, big one win over the Yankees last year. Woodruff pitched well for them. So Milwaukee could still slide in there. We kind of have said this is a two-team race in the AL Central for a while. And then St. Louis over the last few weeks have just kind of pulled away. But listen, Milwaukee is right behind San Diego. If if the Padres are not careful even after Juan Soto and Josh Bell, they could still end up missing the playoffs in that uh, in that national league. Shout out to uh Freddie Freeman, man. He's had a really He's really gotten hot. He's had a really good year. He beat the National League in hits, uh, batting average doubles. I mean, he's he's having a really good year. So uh, shout-out to Freddie Freeman, what we're seeing out of that uh, from first base. From him, we knew kind of what he was going to bring to the party. But uh, his numbers have really, really been on the come-up. As far as the... East, the Twins have kind of fallen back a little bit in that central, but they still have uh, several games left with Cleveland, a few of the White Sox, so you've got some head-to-head games right there to make up. The Yankees are holding oil. I think they're going to pull it out. It looks like uh, kind of what I've expected. T- Toronto has gotten hot at the right time. A lot of people were picking them to win that division. I don't think, you know, at the beginning of the year, nobody anticipated the start the Yankees had. But I think that Toronto is uh, definitely going to, you know, finish second and be a, a serious threat to the Yankees and uh, anybody else in that American League. The Baltimore is a fascinating story. Uh, they could still get in there, or a second team from the Central uh, could get there. I'm still curious to see uh, how those wild cards are going to pop out. I mean, I think Seattle's for sure there, and Toronto's there, so. Um, Tampa's got a tough schedule down the stretch. Can one of the teams from the central make up enough to get up there and get in that third spot? We'll see. I think when you look at the pitching that Houston has, it all you know, starts and ends with Houston in the national in the American League. Uh that's that's a very balanced team still. So it'll be interesting to see. I just hope that um I'm excited. that It looks like Seattle is going to be able to break that string and and, uh, one of the longest playoff droughts, if not the longest actually I think right now um, for an American professional sports team. I hope they win that top wild card so they can host games Um, and so we get to see that fan base um, show up for playoff baseball and we get to see if that city can go a little bit crazy for the Mariners. So Uh, You know, Toronto and Seattle were the two teams that just barely missed last year. It looks like they're both going to get in. So, uh, listen, playoff baseball down the stretch, 17-18 games left for most of these teams. Uh, We're going to be wrapping things up two weeks from this coming Wednesday for everybody. And then those one playoff series, wildcard series, will be that following weekend. So, it's going to be interesting as we go down the stretch. And listen, I'm not saying uh, it'll be interesting to see if he pulls it off or not, but one of the things that doesn't really get a whole lot, like I was just looking at the stats last night, uh, Aaron Judge may win the damn triple crown. And he also may have the most runs in the league, too. He's only a couple points back on batting average. He's obviously ahead of the league in home runs. He's ahead of the league in RBIs. And he's got the most runs scored in the league, too. So, That would just be another feather in his cap as he's uh, getting ready to go into free agency, and we'll see what happens there. But that's my quick look around the league.
0: Do you think the Yankees will be a tough out, one? And, two, do you think they can hang on to Judge since they already kind of played hardball with him, not trying to give him a a lucrative deal that he liked? Does he have that much power to make them push the pen? or does he go back home? Because I think he's trying to get back to California. Um, I don't know if he really likes the New York atmosphere, especially with them saying, well, we're going to give you 213. And he said no. He's trying to get a, a basically a contract that will set him up for life. So your thoughts on a guy like Judge at this point in time?
1: I do not think right now the Yankees are going to be an extremely tough out. Um, I just think – uh, that pitching depth is coming to question. Uh, you know, listen, they proved me wrong, uh, but it, it just does not seem like that team's quick on all, all cylinders. I think they're limping to the finish line. So, I mean, if you could get all your pieces back and ready to go, then you could be. But as of right now, no, I, I don't think they're going to be an extremely tough out. I, I think they, you know, as of right now, they're going to match up. They'll get the buy. And they'll match up against I guess whoever comes uh your central winner and however they match up against a wild card team. So uh that's probably what we're looking at I mean they they could pull that out and move on, but I know I, I don't I don't think they're gonna be a serious serious threat right now to represent uh the American League in the in the World Series. And then do I think they could keep him yes. Um do I think they will? I don't know. I know that they will try for sure. And I think that the year that he's had, the fact that he's been able to stay so healthy, I think serves as nothing but beverage for him. Uh, listen, they they offered him a contract, and he he said no. He bettered himself that he could get more. And based on what he's done this year, like, for everything so far, like, he's he won on that bet that he on himself, right? Like, so – um, I think they can retain him. I don't know if they will. It, the, what it's really going to come down to is, is he going to char- is he going to charge the Yankees extra? How much is he going to tax him? Because that's not the part of the country he would like to live in. But I do think the Yankees will do what they can to resign him, and I think that they'll be in the conversation. Um, if they don't resign him, I think it'll be exactly for what you said because he wants to go home could always go back home. Yeah, and I think he might want to go back home and uh play in California but but we'll see. I, I don't think it'll be because of their inability or uh lack of readiness to open the books. I think he's just going to have to like make that call. No no, no thank you I wanna go back. So but I, I think they'll definitely be in the discussion and they'll And that will give him plenty to think about as he's trying to make that decision.
0: The real pressure on them to win the World Series now. That is serious. Um, Donaldson is older. Um, I think he was born in like 84, 85, so he's like 37, 38. Um, If they end up losing Judge, that will be interesting too, Um, especially with this season right now. If they don't give him the money that he wants, there's going to be a ton of teams that want him including the Anaheim or Los Angeles Angels, how we mentioned that, they're going to end up losing probably Otani if, if they can't start winning. I don't think Otani's going to sit there and just accept losing and be one of the more awesome players in baseball and accept that. So that could be a team that he could end up going back home to California, being in the L.A. region and making a monster amount of money. Um, when Pujols was at the pinnacle of his career in St. Louis, He ended up leaving and going to the Angels. The Angels threw him $250 million. Just imagine what they'll throw Judge right now, the tear that he's on, and a team that's looking to help Trout. And Trout's been injury-prone and in and out of the lineup for the past three, four, five seasons. And now Otani's there, and he's been bumped up for the past season or so, too. So um, that'll be a team that, unless it intrigues him, if they throw him some big money, he'd probably go home. Or I, I doubt the Dodgers get him because there's a lot there. Plus, they're already good. I don't think they need him at all. San Francisco be another team or the Padres, the Padres would be interesting, too, especially while they're trying to rebuild, too. So, it would be a lot of teams that are trying to make a name for themselves at this point in time, too. But this is something to see at this I think point also. Like.
1: I think that's the team out west that it gets him if he goes out west. It'd be San Diego, right? No, I think it's San Francisco. I think, so the Giants, really? Not, but yeah, they don't spend a ton of money on free agents, but when they do decide to go get one, it's big time, like Barry Bonds, right? Like, uh, So I, I just think, you know, he's he's from that part of the country. And like I said, the, the Giants are still kind of trying to figure out what they're doing. They got some people coming and going, some older, some younger. Uh, they thought maybe they were going to be – a little better than they were, but to have a guy like Aaron Judge carrying the flag for your franchise, and this is the guy that we're pinning our hopes on, so to speak. As we continue to build around him, I just, I think that if he does go out west, I think that's the team that it, it signs in.
0: We will see. I, I, now, the season that he had, I hate to say it like this, Lord forgive me, but now he gets to play hardball with the Yankees. If he walks away from that Yankee organization, this is this will start to be the downfall. Especially if they don't win a World Series, the Yankees are in a situation. I I don't even like to put this type of threat to them, but they are in a situation where they have to win the World Series this year. They have to, and um, they do have it. Um, the question mark is their pitching all across the board, starters and rotation, uh, with with the bullpen. They they have to be solid to help that offense. If they can't shut teams down. They'll be in trouble, and they'll end up losing more than just this season. They'll end up losing probably one of the bigger names in the MLB. But we have to wait and see. I don't want to, like, speculate too far into the future um, because I don't know it. But it'd be interesting to see what the Angels do. It'd be interesting to see if San Francisco could lock some players in there to help him come there because if not, then I'd look at it kind of like he'd be the big money man and they're trying to piece this together, trying to build around him. Well, he is an older player. He's in his 30s, if I'm not mistaken. So he is up there. He's not young. So he's trying to get a big deal within a, I want to say, like a 10-year package so he can play until his you know, his early 40s. At least that's how I'm looking at it, unless he gets like a five-year and loads up. That, that'd be that be crucial or critical, too, for him also. So we will have to see how that goes down. Okay, so we do have the top 25 that went down yesterday, the call-in number is 929-477-2759. Call in. Get in there with us if you can. I'm going to go through some of these scores, uh, at least the top 25, and rattle from there. Uh, Georgia defeats South Carolina 48-47. I will stop right here. Um, this is something that bothers me, Sports City, and I have to be critical on this situation. Um, Lord, forgive me again. I'm, I'm asking for a lot of forgiveness. Um Spencer Rattler was a quarterback from Oklahoma which everybody knows and last season he was a preseason Heisman uh potential or candidate. He had a bad start and especially in the game excuse me the game against Texas, uh he threw a bad amount of picks. I want to say 2 to 3 in the first half. They yanked him and they put in uh his backup and Caleb ends up going crazy and keeps the job. They end up getting Rattler to sit the bench for the remainder of the season. He doesn't want to take it anymore. He says, I'm leaving. I'm going to South Carolina. They also watched the coach and the quarterback that was in front of him go to USC, leave Oklahoma in a situation where they're still actually good. They're still a top-10 team. I will get to that also. But I think he thought he was going to go to South Carolina, kind of change the image over there with the Gamecocks. Well, they lost 48-7. to He was only able to put up seven points on a stout defense in Georgia, the, the national champions, and really didn't score until late. Georgia was uh, shutting them out far into this game. I think this was like a a gimme touchdown that they gave them. I think they could have really kept their ears pinned back and went after Spencer Rattler. I'm going to say this right now. Spencer Rattler, with all of the the hype or amazement that they have around you, I don't know if you're ready for the NFL. I think there's a lot of kink that they got to get out of him. He's going to have to learn a lot on the fly when he gets into the league. Of course, I think he's going to be a backup. He won't be an instant starter. Um, this, This doesn't help him at all um losing to georgia this is bad um south carolina he's not really the, he has not really changed the image around uh south carolina either uh yes mike
1: third string defense is <laughs> what they scored the touchdown on in the last minute of the game like 54 seconds in the game uh that was right
0: to your point right that's what i'm saying that that was like a gimme touchdown it wasn't like he earned it but nevertheless um I think I'm feeling, I feel like I'm being brutal toward it, but I, I feel like I'm right. Like, like I, I feel like I'm right. Um, Spencer is gonna have to like go on a tear for the the remainder of the season, at least to be like a Heisman hopeful or or to give some the NFL scouts are looking at like he still has it. Like I don't feel like he's amazed across the board in the past two to three seasons, even going into last season when they gave him the Heisman hopeful in Oklahoma the season before didn't really impress it to me, his sophomore season. So we will have to see as it's moving forward, especially in the SEC it's tough. He's coming from the big 12 coming into the SEC where there's more defense being played. Um, Let me keep moving. Alabama beats Louisiana Monroe 63 to seven. Ohio state beats Toledo 77 to 21. Michigan shuts out UConn 59 to zero. Clemson wins their matchup against Louisiana tech 48 to 20. Oklahoma beats Nebraska 49-14. USC wins their matchup against Fresno 45-17. to Oklahoma State wins their matchup against Arkansas Pine Bluff 63-7. Kentucky shuts out Youngstown State 31-0. Arkansas wins their battle with Missouri State 38-27. If you did not watch or keep an eye on this game, this was up and down, and this is what football is all about if you did not watch that game. One of the upsets of the day, was unranked Washington at home putting up basically 40, 39 to 28 on Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State was pegged to win this game, and, and Washington was not having it. This was a big upset, at least to me. And I think Michigan State scored a lot of these points in the latter part of the game. Oregon was another upset. Uh, Oregon, being 25th ranked in the nation, uh, defeats BYU 41 to 20. This was a no contest. Those twenty points came later in the game. Oregon cruised in this game early. Miami was another upset. Texas A&M pulls this one off, seventeen to nine. Texas A&M being twenty fourth ranked at home up against Miami. Uh, with the loss, of Texas A&M suffered last week. They fell low. I think they will increasingly get up this uh, top twenty five ranking with that defensive battle that they put up yesterday up against Miami. They had several players get knocked out of that game with targeting. And still were able to pull that game off in a in a heavy defensive battle. This this looked like an NFL game the way that the defenses came to play ball. Utah uh, beat San Diego State 35 to seven. Tennessee takes care of business up against Akron 63 to six. North Carolina State beats Texas Tech 27 to 14. Baylor wins their matchup up against Texas State 42 to seven. Florida wins in a nail biter up against South Florida, thirty one to twenty eight. I'm gonna be honest, Sports City. I did not think that it would be this close in that matchup uh, with South Florida struggling to find their way. But now in that game, they, I think they had more than just skin in the game. I, I think they wanted some Florida pride in this also. Wake Forest wins a nail biter up against Liberty, thirty seven to thirty six. Ole Miss shuts out Georgia Tech, forty two to nothing in Atlanta. Uh, Texas wins their matchup up against University of Texas. San Antonio forty-one to twenty. Penn State blows out Auburn, in Auburn forty-one to twelve. And to round out the top twenty-five, Pittsburgh wins their matchup up against Western Michigan thirty-four to thirteen. Uh, Mike, your thoughts? Wait, before I do that, there is another game that I do need to mention. I apologize that I wanted to get to because I just got through the top twenty-five. The Appalachian State game. If you guys did not hear or see anything about this game. Oh, my goodness, or O'Nellie oh, and the late Keith Jackson, they threw a Hail Mary 70-yarder, and you would think it's one of those jump balls in the end zone. No, the quarterback threw the Hail Mary short of the end zone. They caught it and ran to the other pylon on the right side of the field and got there and scored the game-winning touchdown. If you did not hear or watch that game, this is what it's all about, to leave you at the edge of your seat, and anything can happen as long as you're in the game. So, Appalachian State, I do have to tip my hat to you because it's always you guys that come up with those big wins out of nowhere where people count you out and they just look at your name like, they, I don't think they should be able to handle this game. And they come out and play that football and, and give them what the coach ex- anticipates that they can go out there and do. Um, Mike, your thoughts on the games or a game that I may have missed that you'd <coughs> like to cover?
1: So, who who did Appalachian State beat yesterday, by the way? Did,
0: did you see that? Yeah, I'm pulling this up? score up now. I just remembered the, okay. the play. Right,
1: right. Real quick. Uh, so, listen, Auburn. That was the first time that uh, you had a Big Ten school actually come into your stadium and play, and the way they uh, <laughs> the way they treated you yesterday. Um, I'm not sure that they're going to have one come back uh, anytime soon uh the the game was close they in the played first troy half. The,
0: the team that they played was troy. They played troy,
1: okay, yeah, Troy's always been sneaky good in the Sun some so um yeah, I remember the play too, and I, I i couldn't remember who they played. I think the final was thirty two twenty eight or something crazy after that held there uh well, uh Appalachian state did not uh did not fall victim the next week. They were able to uh, pull it out. And Troy actually is playing Marshall next week on NFL Network. You know, we just talked about Marshall last week and beat Notre Dame. So, that's kind of a tough little stretch for Troy starting on the, uh, their, their conference schedule with Appalachian State and uh, and Marshall back-to-back. But uh, Penn State goes in. It was a close game in the first half. But uh, Auburn got away That. Auburn has two quarterbacks, and you know what they say sometimes, if you got two, you got none. Uh, they went away from Tank Bigsby. He didn't have a very good game. Yet the two young guys from Penn State, they got two freshmen running backs so that are both very good. Um, Nick Singleton had 120 yards, a couple scores. That eight kid who also uh, had a very good game. And then, you know, uh, Sirius talks about all the time about, Sean Clifford not being that guy as far as the quarterback for uh, Penn State, but he was much better than anything that uh, Auburn put on the field at the quarterback position, including Louisiana uh, Louisiana's own and LSU transfer T.J. Finley. Uh, but no, nah, Penn State just had the edge. Penn State's a more talented football team, a better roster. Auburn is struggling right now. They brought in Brian Harsons from Boise State. There was a lot of uh, a lot of heat on him in the off season about whether or not he would be back. At the end of the day, he did come back, but this team did not look very good. They didn't look great the week before in beating Furman, um, and as of right now, Auburn has the last place. They're last in the SEC in recruiting uh as far as their recruiting rankings this year even behind Vanderbilt. Um so listen, it, it might be a little bit of a tough road back uh for the Auburn Tigers and I'm not sure that Brian Harsons is going to be going to be the guy uh to lead them back. That might have turned out not to be a good hire for the Auburn Tigers. Uh listen, Miami is <clears throat> definitely getting back that Miami Texas State in game to your point. Uh, very good defense is played on both sides, and I understand that the offenses from both teams left a little bit to be desired, Um, but I think some of that was due to to very good defensive play. I I still say that in some ways one of the worst things, too, that could have happened to Miami was for them to for A&M to drop that game the week before. I think they kind of got that kind of got A&M's attention, and they had to go with uh, they went with Max Johnson, the LSU kid getting to start somewhere else uh, in the SEC now, starting for Texas A&M. And then listen, after uh, Friday night, I thought that the Florida State Louisville game was very. Florida State's got that big receiver. What is he six seven or something? He's a problem. Uh, Jordan Travis looks like he's settling in a little bit to that quarterback position for Florida State. Uh, They did give up 34 points to Louisville, uh, but they were able to hold on and win that game. So uh, that should set up a a really good Miami-Florida State game a little bit later. Um, LSU comes back. Listen, they played uh, Mike Leach and and Mississippi State, a team that's going to open the ball. They got down 13 nothing, and then for the balance of the game, outscored them 31-3. to They got a touchdown at the very end of the first half, and then they went on to win 31-16. So that's an impressive win for Brian Kelly in his conference debut at, uh, at LSU. He held Will Rogers to uh, 24 out of 42, and Will Rogers had been completing almost 80% of his passes. Um, so really quickly, just to, to double tap on a couple things that you mentioned a second ago, um, yeah, man, I Spencer Radler, I think he is an upgrade for South Carolina at the quarterback position based on what they've had the last couple of years. And so I think they're gonna compete against the bottom of the SEC, but uh man, Georgia's just on another level right now. Uh they gave up that last touchdown like fifty four seconds ago, the third string defense did. And I understand they that that win against Oregon looks a little bit better now too, especially after Oregon. Being able to take care of business against BYU, who of course was coming off that uh, last weekend. So, but Georgia early on this year in their first three games have outscored their opponents like one thirty to ten. So uh, <laughs> that's uh, crazy to me. Just the the margin that they've been able to win. So we'll see as they start getting deeper into the uh, weeds of that conference schedule uh what that looks like once again usc taking care of business out west still gave up a few more points than i would have liked but fresno is uh fresno is fairly tough i was interested to see how texas was going to bounce back from that uh close loss to alabama and they were able to win by three touchdowns so a fairly convincing win at home and uh a decent win for texas listen kentucky quietly again uh, Kentucky's in that conversation. Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, Ole Miss for best uh, for the third best team in the SEC and who's going to push up on Alabama. It, it, it's funny, though, because Lane Kiffin, you know, has, has coached lots of places, likes to throw the ball a lot, but he's got a very good running game at Ole Miss. He's got a couple very good running backs, and so you don't need to throw the ball as much as you would like to to with that team so can he stay out of his own way and not uh, not mess up his team's strengths by trying to throw the ball too much it'll be interesting to see what they can do moving forward. we got some pretty uh it'll lead us into some good games next week. Um, I'm curious to see as this as this schedule continues to unfold but lots of good action around the league listen to the guy from uh, the quarterback from Washington. Had played against Michigan State a couple times, uh, beat him, beat Michigan State once as the starting quarterback from Indiana, so they were familiar with this guy. But that was a that was a win for Washington. Shows maybe that rebuild is a little bit further along, uh, and <clears throat> that's kind of a tough loss for Michigan State before they get into their conference schedule. But you know everything is still in front of them. <clears throat> to play for. I still think right now there's uh you know, two or three teams and everybody else. Oh, the interesting thing about it too, uh the Arkansas game yesterday, the the team that Missouri State team that they played was actually coached by Bobby Petrino and we know what happened last time uh Bobby Petrino was at Arkansas, a motorcycle crash and then, you know, other things that that led to him being dismissed. Uh, as the head football coach of Arkansas. But he came back, man, and uh, they, almost, they almost shocked him yesterday. And that, that might be a good preparation game for them because to win most weeks by controlling time of possession with that month. Whatever. So when, when you don't win that time of possession and you don't have some things go right, can you still find a way to pull out a victory they were able to yesterday? So uh, that might have been a really good test for them. And listen, Deion Fenton and uh, Jackson State dropped sixty-six on Hugh Jackson and uh, and and Grambling yesterday as well. So, um, definitely some interesting things as we go across and, and look over the the college football scores from yesterday, and it did not disappoint as far as uh, action to keep us uh, riveted and on the edge of our seats yesterday.
0: Definitely, I, I can't disagree by no means of the imagination. The crazy part is, is what I'm looking at with Dion Sanders at this point in time is looking at Dion and saying he's he's a, a defensive back. I'm looking at him similar to the way that we looked at like Dick LeBeau, and we're going to be looking at him like what well, a Dick LeBeau defenses and how he was able to work his way into Pittsburgh and make that be a staple here and there and up across the board. Dion is actually having his team put up. 50s and 60-point efforts. Just think about how many times his defense is coming up with stops and giving the offense time to get the ball back and score. That's wearing that defense down on the other side of the field. And this is Deion Sanders, a Hall of Famer, probably the best cornerback we've ever seen. So um, this is incredible work that he's been able to do at Jackson State. I want him to stay involved as much as he can I think he's probably going to ride out this storm until his son leaves and then probably find a greener pasture. But if he's able to keep that going on in Jackson State and become a big name down there, this is incredible the work that he's able to do up against the respected schedule that they have where I think they could continue to run the table years on end. So until he gets a legit challenge in those uh, you know, respected games that they played, I, I think Deion could dominate. Uh, and and turn this into a big powerhouse, at least in the HSBCU, you know. So, like, I I love it, and and hopefully we we get to see how this goes down for Dion. This is an A grade for him as he's finally been able to get his feet into the ground uh, with this, you know, this college-university organization. Okay, so – City. I do want to spend a good amount of time because I know last week we ran into overtime heavy right in the 1 o'clock, so I'm trying to stay away from that. I'm going to get into the NFL week two as best as I can right now with all of the, the games, get our predictions, and things of that nature. The first game I'm going over is the New York Jets visiting the Cleveland Browns in Ohio. The Browns are favored by six and a half in Cleveland. Mike, who do you like and why? You know,
1: I like the Browns because they're at home. And I think they'll find a way to win this game. Uh, I just think they have too many weapons. But I will say this. I thought the Jets did a very good job against the running game last week. Uh, Lamar Jackson had to stand in there and really throw that thing for them to, uh, Baltimore to really make some headway in that game. <clears throat> the Jets lost 24-9 to last week. They did leave some meat on the bone. They had some chances to make that score a little bit closer. I think that this could be a very competitive game. Um, I don't know about the points, man. If it was seven and a half instead of six and a half, I would probably take maybe consider the Jets to cover. But I think Cleveland wins. I I just think that this is a a little bit too close for comfort for uh, fans in the dog crown today. But I do think Cleveland finds a way to win this game. You
0: it. Oh, and I was I was talking on mute. I apologize. I agree with you. I also am picking Cleveland in this matchup. Uh, the crazy part about this is that uh, with the spread, if I were to go with the spread, I'm still going to pick Cleveland. The Jets have not impressed me. I, they can't run the ball well, and they're still working out their kinks with the quarterback issues. Whether it's Flacco or White comes in the game and do something, I really don't feel that presence of a quarterback to go in there and get it done. Now Flacco has actually had a career up against Cleveland, but that was a different organization. Right now this Jets team is still on the rebuild and trying to make an impressive, you know, push at the end of the day. So I feel Cleveland can win this game. I'm going with them. Even with the spread, if I really had to, I would still think Cleveland can get it done. They have the ground game that could actually neutralize the clock as best as possible and um, keep the Jets guessing. I still don't believe in the Jets defense. Just like you said, if they're back in, and the secondary can't stop Lamar and their passing threat, and they don't really have receivers other than Andrews, I think that there's a better receiving core in Cleveland than there is in Baltimore, let alone that that game that they played against the Ravens was in New Jersey. They're in Ohio. So this is going to be an uphill test right now, at least for me, for the Jets to get this done. If they could pull this off, i tip my hat to Sally because he's a defensive guy and trying to change that culture. But this is a big game, and this is – like a hidden rivalry, like the, the Browns and the Jets play often. So this is somewhat of a rivalry, but you just, you never know. It, it could be a game that the Jets can't go up in here and steal this one. But I'm going with Cleveland. We do have Mr. Controversy himself in the building. Mr. Greenwood, welcome to the bunch. How are you feeling?
3: I'm feeling great, T P. How about yourself?
0: I'm um, all right. Your thoughts on the game? Who do you like and why?
3: Um, I like the Browns. Biggest thing is Zach Wilson still out, which means Joe Flacco is going to be starting at quarterback. I, I can't, I never, I didn't believe him when he was winning the Super Bowl. Like, definitely not believing in him now. Um, and, uh, so, yeah. And the Browns are effectively a better team defensively anyway. So, I'm going to take the Browns. Uh, what was the spread on that?
0: Six and a half.
3: Um... I'll take the Browns, and I'll lay the points.
0: Okay, so the next game we have are the commanders visiting the Detroit Lions in Michigan. This game has fallen from two-and-a-half to one-and-a-half to one to a pick I'll start with you first, Greenwood. Your thoughts on this game. Who do you like and why?
3: I like the Lions in this game. Um, this is a team that's um, – that's ready for a win. I mean, they're both obviously ready for a win. That's um, Frank Ragnall is still out for the game, which does put me a little more tentative on it. But um, it didn't seem to hurt the passing game all that much with Ragnall out. Um, and I believe that they had a tougher matchup against the Eagles than they do currently against the Commanders. Carson Wentz seemed to do well last week, but um, consistency is still going to be a question mark for him. Um, so, but I'm still going to take the Lions It's a pick so have fun with it.
0: <laughs> okay, Mike, your thoughts on this game? Who do you like and why, the Commanders or the Lions? It's a pick I like the Lions at home. Uh, <clears throat> I just think
1: that the Eagles are a better team than – the Commanders, I thought the Lions got down a little bit early, but they really showed some fight in getting back in that thing. Um, you know, you mentioned Carson Wentz looking good last week, but he was still Carson Wentz. He still made some mistakes. I think the Lions win. I think it's a close game late, uh, but I think they get a turnover of of Carson Wentz later in the game to sort of uh, put it on ice. But I think that Dan Campbell gets a win. <clears throat> Listen, uh, – there a play last week by that backfield combination of DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Uh, we know about the receivers that the Lions have. Um, but I, I just think the Lions are the better football team, and I think they show it today.
0: This is really tough because I don't like the way that this spread has fallen and Vegas is dirty. This is the funny part about it. The interesting thing about this game for the – commanders is that they have a receiving core that can threaten the Lions and Awarie is out. They have just ruled him out. I just got a notification now. so This is another injury that the Lions are going to have to fight through, uh, especially up front with them missing pieces up front as well. Thank goodness that uh, Swift is able to play today. Um, In fantasy, I have him on my fantasy, so it's like once they said he was questionable, I picked up Jamal Williams just to be like, okay, let me make sure I have a running back to at least be feasible to fit if Swift is out. But Swift is playing, so I don't have to worry about that. This is going to be one of those, you know, scratch and drag out type of games. It's going to come down to the fourth quarter, I feel like it. I'm going to say this for City because I am the diehard Lions fan here. Um, The Lions lose this game. Those questions need to swirl in front of Goff and Dan Campbell. And Dan Campbell. Um, It was cool, the hard knocks, and everybody loved it and how that production went down. But if you can't produce wins and get rid of some critical players that you had in that training camp just because you just got rid of them just because and you're not putting out winning product, they have to swirl against these games that you should be able to win. Even in that game up against uh, Philly, they were down heavy early and then stormed all the way back. Why can't you play consistent ball in the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter, every Lions game? Is theater in the fourth quarter where everybody in America is watching you try to come back and win a game in the fourth quarter. That has to change. You said it in training camp. We have to have that winning attitude. You have to start from start to finish. Pressure on you from at least me and the rest of the nation needs to be on note. I'm going with my boys. I'm a to die hard. But this is a game that I really feel. Get your popcorn ready. It's, it's going to be all of that and a bag of chips. This felt to pick them. So you know Vegas is up to no good. The next matchup we have are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into New Orleans. Greenwood, I'm coming right back to you. Your thoughts on this game? Who do you like in Rock?
3: I'm going to take the Bucks in this game. Um, the Saints really had an impressive comeback last week, um, but the Bucks are the class of this division. And honestly, when you're ta- when you're talking about the NFC, maybe one of the classes of this conference. Chris Godwin's still out for the Bucks. And um, Donovan Smith is going to be considered doubtful at the um, at the tackle position. These things um, definitely raise some question marks. But even with the Saints being at home, I think that it's uh, probably the Bucs game. I'm taking the Bucs.
0: Okay, and me myself, uh, you you know how this goes. There's a story of a guy named Brady. I'm, I'm going with Thomas because they. I, I deal with a lot of Saints fans now. Ever since, you know, I, I found a, a brotherhood. I found a real brotherhood, and I, I found a lot of people from Louisiana in my life now. And they let me know how Tom is not successful in the Dome down there in New Orleans. So I feel like Tom is going to get this done um, because last week I picked against Tom, and it was – I'm going to tell you why I did it. He was 6-0 and at the point in time in front of the Cowboys. He never lost to the Cowboys, right? I'm like, it's going to change. They don't have the same run defense. Um, I, just, I just felt like the Cowboys were going to be different this year, and it didn't work. The Cowboys still ended up losing that game. And, yeah, I put some of it toward that getting injured, things of that nature. I thought Parsons would be back there to, like, agitate Brady. Of course, he got back there and sacked Brady twice, but that wasn't enough. Um, I really feel like the Saints have to get to Brady early and often to make this their type of game, it has to be dirty and ugly. Well, not dirty, but an ugly game for them to win this one. I, I think Brady gets it done and continues to cruise on one of his potential last seasons or a season in his career. I'm going with the Bucks on the road to go into the Dome. Resident Saints fan, Mr. Harvey, your thoughts on this game. Bucks Saints, in your backyard. Who do you like and why? Well,
1: Sam Cook told you he was born by the river, and then he told you change don't come. Well, change didn't come last week in Dallas. Uh, Tom and, and and the Bucks got it again in Jerry World. <clears throat> and so some things remain the same, and it's going to be more of the same this week. Listen, the Saints got off a really sluggish start last weekend. Very easily could have lost that game. Uh, you know, Jameis hits ten out of his last eleven throws. The real Mike Thomas stood up uh in that game as well. I think that uh <clears throat> I think that a little bit of trash talking from defensive backs on the Tampa side is really gonna motivate Mike Thomas today. I still believe uh I believe in my boys. I believe the black and gold is going to roll today. I think it's gonna be a close game. But the Saints have been able to frustrate Tom Brady in the regular season. The one victory that uh, that Brady got with the Bucks over the Saints was more about inadequate quarterback play by the Saints in that playoff game and, and a turnover that, that really hurt them. But it wasn't on the defense. The Saints have been able to frustrate Tom Brady uh, in the regular season. They even beat him uh, playing a semi-pro. Uh, over half the game last week last year. So uh, I think the Saints find a way to get this done. Uh, I think this is a good litmus test for them early. I think they'll be fine either way. But I will definitely uh, happily set up residence out here on my island by myself uh, amongst the group here picking this game. I'm going to set up shop. I'm going to uh, fire up the grill, throw some steaks on there, man. Listen, start smelling good. You see the signals come up, and and and, and once they start frustrated, you get, you know come on, join me on this island. Come come on, let's eat. Uh, but the uh, the Saints are gonna uh, gonna win today, and who that nation is going to uh, be loud and proud around three o'clock this afternoon.
0: So so James, I thought James, James, you picked the Saints or the Bucks.
3: I picked the Bucks. No, he took the Bucks. Uh, okay, he took. Bucks. I, okay. I did so, pick the
0: Saints to cover. Okay, that's what it was. I thought he said safe. Okay, gotcha. And the spread is Tampa by a field. Wait, they covered the three? I think they'll win. What are you doing? Would you think this is going to be like a
3: one-point game? I I think this is going to be less than than a field goal game. Yep. If I had to pick like a score, I'd say like, I don't know, um, 28-26.
0: Wow. Okay, This this is popcorn football. Okay, well, get it ready. The next matchup I have are the Panthers going into New York up against the Giants. I will go first. Baker, impress me. I'm going with the Giants. I think the Giants start off the season 2-0. and oh. I think they put the pressure on Baker Mayfield. I don't think Baker could get this Panthers team up and running on the road after losing to Cleveland at home. I get it. Cleveland is an a interesting balanced team across the board. I just don't think that they could go into New York right now while the Giants are – they are begging to get this thing turned around, and this is another game that could give them another notch under their belt. I'm going with the Giants to get this done up against a Carolina team that's questionable to me. Um, I'll come to you next on this one, Mike. Your thoughts, Panthers or Giants? It's in New York. The Panthers are actually favored by a point.
1: You know, the interesting thing is if McCaffrey can – can be healthy in this game. I think he's going to give them a chance. I was re- we saw out of Saquon last week against Tennessee. Uh, listen, he made a couple jump cuts. He looked very, very good. Fresh legs. Um, <clears throat> listen, this is why I felt like you know I said earlier I think the Cleveland and Jets will be tighter than some people think. Cleveland had trouble against the Carolina team. and he needed a sixty-yard field goal uh, from an LSU guy. Uh, again. Uh, last weekend, so I, I'm not that with Cleveland. Um, I think they got a game manager quarterback, and then I look at Carolina, and I still see the same thing. I think that the Jets can I mean, I'm sorry, I think the Giants can pressure this man. I think that they can make life a little bit uncomfortable uh, for Baker Mayfield, so I'm going to go with the Giants because they're at home. I think it's going to be a close game. And it's one of those that could go either way, so that I'm not surprised to see the one point uh, edge. <laughs> I'm surprised that it's in Carolina's favor, but I'm not surprised to see that that number so close. But I do think that the Giants find a way to win, uh, but I think it should be a pretty good football game.
0: James, your thoughts on this game, Panthers and Giants in East Rutherford?
3: Honestly, looking at the injury report, I kind of. And looking at the Panthers as the potential upset on this one, um, there's a lot of injuries in that secondary for the New York Giants. Kayvon Thibodeau is um, not looking to make his debut. So there's a reason why they drafted him so high. And not only is because he's a good player, but it's also because um, because they needed help in the pass rush. So those two things came together really well, and they don't have him available to make his debut yet. Um, I don't trust Baker Mayfield, so that's why I almost want to still pick the Giants anyway, but I think this is something that even Baker can't mess up, so I'm taking the Panthers.
0: Wow. Interesting stuff. Well, let's continue. The next matchup we have are the Patriots going into Pittsburgh up against the Steelers. This is a very interesting game. The Steelers coming off an interesting win in Cincinnati, and the Patriots, they do not look well at this point in time. We will see if they could turn this thing around. Uh, James, I'll start with you first. Patriots or Steelers in an old-school AFC rivalry?
3: This is uh, how the money has fallen, but, um, I mean, I'm going to take the Steelers, tentatively, in this game. Um, They really impressed me last week with – with their win? It was a nail biter, but the fact that they were even in the game was kind of impressive to me it It tells you all you need to know about Mike Tomlin and his ability to coach the game of football um p j watts, I don't believe is in for this game um after being placed on i r so that that puts a big exclamation point on this um, I think I just changed my own mind. I think that's way too big to um to not to not um, go the other way, so I'm going to take the Patriots just because of no TJ Watt. Are you sure? Is this your final answer? <laughs> yeah, it's my final answer. I was I was all ready to go with the Steelers, and I was just moving. I and I I remember he was put on IR, but just forgot for a minute. And but no, I'm I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take the Pats. Because T.J. Watt is like half their defense.
0: Mike, who do you like in this game, Patriots or Steelers?
1: So the the interesting thing about this is I'm not extremely impressed with the Steelers from a week ago. Uh, I I don't think that Trubisky looked great. I think he made a couple plays very late in the game. Um I tend to take the other side of that in that uh, as many turnovers as you got from Joe Burrow, I don't think he'll have another game like that this year, but as many turnovers as you got from him, uh, you were supposed to find a way to go ahead and put that game away. There should not have been overtime. There should not have been all these other little shenanigans that, uh, that played out. <clears throat> Listen, since, uh, since he had a snapper go down, um, they had a normally reliable kicker miss an extra point and miss a uh, chip shot field goal. There were a lot of things that had to go right for <clears throat> Pittsburgh to be in that game. Um, and they still probably uh, very easily could have lost that football game. So uh, I wasn't extremely impressed with them, but equally I was very, very unimpressed with New England last week. And Mike Jones already, uh, talking about back spasms after the game. I don't know between Joe Judge and whoever else. Um, Your boy used to be in Detroit, Matt Patricia. I I don't know who's calling the plays for this team. I don't know if they are. I still think they have an identity crisis on offense. You know, it's (laughs) it's not necessarily a good thing for your team when Ty Montgomery is the only player that finds the end zone for you. I really want the Patriots to win this game because I don't want our obnoxious little brother or uh, obnoxious friend in the barbershop screaming about how great the Steelers are um, at 2-0, and oh, but I do think the Steelers find a way to win today. I just think that both of these teams have still got a lot to figure out, uh, but I was very, very unimpressed with what I saw offensively from the Patriots a week ago. So I think I'm going to go with the Steelers in the close
0: one. Very interesting. Um, this is a tough one. I'm going with the Steelers as well. Um, Belichick has his work cut out for them. They're going to show. They're going to have to show me that they could get it done. It's, it's too much disarray going on and not enough weapons in the cavalry, if you will, to put me. So I'm, I'm going to go Steelers as well. Clean sweep. Um, this is a challenging one. I want to do this one quickly. Does anybody believe that the Jaguars can knock off the Colts this Sunday?
1: Uh, not a sweet went with the
3: Patriots by the way yep I, wait, I did I go past okay
0: okay yep. fair, fair enough okay fine
3: okay so um, the
0: next one anybody believe that Jacksonville could get it done Trevor Lawrence and company up against
3: the Colts they definitely can I don't think they will
1: I think they can as well, especially with the Colts looking uh, not not very impressive last week against Houston and the one game that tied. Last week, there always has to be one, and this time it was Indianapolis and Houston, um, messed up everybody's sheets. Um, I think that Jacksonville can get it done, but I don't think they will.
0: Okay, I agree. I, I feel like the Colts should be able to get this done especially with the tie that they had up against the Texans. they got to get out of their own way, especially with this being close to the end of the career for Matt Ryan at this point in time. Uh, he has interesting pieces. He has a defense to get it done. These shouldn't be those excuse games where he should have had one up against the Texans. This is a Jaguar team that's still trying to rebuild and make a name for themselves. I feel like the coach should get this done. The next game we have. Are the Miami Dolphins going into Baltimore up against the Ravens coming off a win in New Jersey up against the Jets? The Dolphins also coming off a win. They both want to know the Ravens are favored by three and a half at home. Um, I'll go first. I'm going to go with Vegas. I'm going with the Ravens to win this game. As stunning as this is, I feel like the Dolphins have enough to win this game. But Vegas is fishy and it's funny I'm talking about fish with the Dolphins, but uh I feel like the Ravens get this done. There's it's something awkward about this three and a half that Vegas is up to. Even though I feel like Miami can win this game, I'm going with the Ravens. I'll come to you next on this one. James, who do you like in this matchup and why? Dolphins or Ravens.
3: I'm gonna take uh I'm gonna take the Ravens as well. Um I think this is honestly a pick'em. But um but i I always take the home team in such close games, so I'm gonna take the Ravens on this one, Mike, who do you like in this game, and why
1: I'm gonna make that a sweep across the board, <clears throat> and I'll go with uh the Ravens as well. I think this is an interesting game though because this could be a statement win for Miami if somehow they could uh they could get this done and take care of business in this game <clears throat> against. Against Baltimore, but I being at home, I think maybe if this game were, you know, in South Florida, uh, I might have a different answer, but uh, I'm going to go with the Ravens as well. I think it's going to be close, um, but I think the Ravens find a way to win today.
0: Okay, well, here goes another one. Let's see if we can get another clean sweep going. Is there anybody in the kitchen today? that believe the Atlanta Falcons could go into Los Angeles and beat the Rams after coming off of a loss on Super Bowl ring night? I do
1: not think that the Falcons can or will win this game. I will say, though, that I think that they have the kind of offense that could give the Rams a little bit of trouble. You got a mobile quarterback who can get rid of the ball. You got a physical receiver in Drake London. You got Kyle Pitts. Um, You know the to me the the Achilles heel of the Rams defense has been kind of that second level and right in between that second and third level, and being able to get the ball to guys in space and then guys be physical. Devo kind of bullied them last year, you know, during the regular season a couple times. So I think that there are some elements of this game that could make it uh, fairly interesting, but. I think this is a bounce-back game for the Rams, and they win at home.
3: James, are you okay? Or, or do you no, believe the Cowboys to fine. do it? There's, 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 big, there's no surprise on this one. That's a big old nope. I'm okay. taking the Rams.
0: Okay, and the spread is at 10, so Vegas is letting you know this could get ugly. Um, the next matchup is the Seahawks coming off of a big win up against Denver and their former – Leader in Russell Wilson going up against a division rival in the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco in which the Niners just lost to Chicago week one where everybody thought that Chicago would lose that game. Chicago impressively pulled that out in the rain, especially with San Francisco traveling east. I am going to go first on this one. I think the Niners get this done. The spread is at nine. So Vegas is letting you know this could get out of hand. Uh, James, your thoughts on this game? Seahawks for Niners.
3: I I'm taking the Niners. I, I'm not touching the Seahawks. They got a surprise win last week against Russell Wilson and the um and the Broncos. That's not happening again. Uh, I I might even um give the the 49 Niners the ability to cover with nine points. Actually I'm not gonna do that. I think it's made closer than that. I don't really trust Trey Lance yet either either, so I'll, I'll take um, I'll take the I'll take the Seahawks to cover the nine, but not win.
0: Okay, Mike, your thoughts on this game? Seahawks or Niners in California?
1: We have another clean clean sweep across the board. Listen, I think that uh, last week that was a wet mess in Chicago. Uh, you know, Justin Fields was the most experienced quarterback on the field uh, in that game. I think Trey Lance settles down. I think he plays pretty well today. Um, I think that San Francisco gets this done against Seattle, but I, I am very curious to see uh, what the Seahawks will look like. Right, coming off that win, Gino played well in the first half, um, but that's not that's not sugarcoat. I mean, like Denver had chances uh, in that game, and it was. It was uh, some questionable coaching and things like that that really took them out of that game. Denver could have gotten out of there with a win. Last week, even if you just run a couple plays and tried to get that kicker a little bit closer for that field goal kick instead of counting on him to make it from 60-plus yards, uh, they basically bled off about 30 seconds off that clock. Um, I don't think that... Uh, San Francisco will do that, and I don't know that it's going to come down to a field goal either. I think that the uh, Niners win today.
0: The next matchup we have are the Bengals and the Cowboys. The Bengals are favored by seven. This fell from seven and a half to seven, so they said a half a point is knocked off. So it's a full touchdown, though. Anybody feel like the Cowboys can get this done at home? Uh, not
1: besides quick in the barbershop, quick has been taking action on uh, <laughs> on on Dallas this week because he thinks they're going to get it done. I think this is a get right game for Joe Burrow and uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they go into Jerry well and win, and Jerry once again sees uh, what the value of a franchise quarterback while his is sitting on the shelf.
0: Okay, again, I'm going to try this again. Does anybody believe the Cowboys can get this done against the Bengals? Okay. No. Nope. Fair enough. I have another one. Let's go. Uh, does anybody believe the Texans can go into Colorado and knock off the Broncos after a loss in their home opener today? Okay. <laughs> I have another one. This is actually an interesting game, though. Um the Cardinals against the Raiders, I guess I get to throw this one around and we'll see how you guys feel about it. The Cardinals don't look good at this point in time, especially with the injuries that they're coming into the season with. And the Raiders lost an interesting game up against the Chargers, no less, than a division rivalry. They have to bounce back, especially being at home in their home opener. Um, do anybody believe the Cardinals can go into the Valley of Vegas and steal one from the Raiders? I do not.
3: I'm not picking them. I, they can. They won't.
0: The spread is at five and a half, too. No, I'm 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 you think the Cardinals can cover? Okay. Fair yeah. enough. I don't. I think the Raiders win this one big. Um, Sunday night football, what people are going to be waiting all night for in NFC North rivalry, The Bears and the Packers up against their quote-unquote owner, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers coming off of a loss. The Bears coming off a big win up against the Niners. The Packers are favored by 10 in their home opener up against the Bears. Does anybody believe that Fields can go into Lambeau and upset Aaron Rodgers 12?
3: I'm going to take the Bears. You're taking the Bears? I'm taking the bears fl- straight up,
0: Woo. money line on that, boy, I gotta see that one wait till I get out of the kitchen for this one. That's incredible, okay, He's saying outright um Mike, Mike, do you believe that? Yes or no <clears throat>
1: no 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 uh-uh.
0: I think Aaron the- down to the back and plays a good game. James, if you pull that off, I will call you late night tonight and give you credit. I'll call your phone and give you credit. I don't care what's happening. Answer the phone, so I, I apologize or give you credit. I'm, I got it. Um, <laughs> right. last, but not, last but not least, we have the Monday night matchups. Uh, one is the Titans and the Bills. The other one is the Vikings and the Eagles. We'll start with the Titans and Bills first. Who do you guys like in this game and why? I'll start with you first on this one, Mike.
1: I like the Bills. I think the Bills win convincingly. I think that close to the end of the first half, I think that most eyes will be turning over to ABC uh, to watch the other Monday night game. I, I was not, uh, I was not impressed with what I saw from Tennessee last week. Uh, the only recipe for Tennessee to win is if Derrick Henry can have a huge game and they can really keep uh, Buffalo's. Offense off the field, and I just don't know that that Tennessee is balanced enough to make that happen. So um, I think the Titans start out zero and two against the state of New York. Uh, Well, they not New. They lost to yeah against the state of New York with the Giants, and now the Buffalo uh, lost this week. So I got Buffalo tomorrow.
0: James, who do you like in that game,
3: and why? Titans or Bills? I'm taking um, I'm taking the Bills. The Titans got worse after losing to the Bills at home in the playoffs last year, so I don't see any reason why this matchup would end up any better. I, yeah, I think the Bills win big. Okay, this is a clean sweep. Hey, bro, I'm going with the Bills, Bills too. Year. I, I really feel like the uh, the Bills will
0: punish the Titans, even though Gabe Davis is questionable. I have to sit him out because they're saying his ankle has been getting worse. I don't want to sit him, but I have no choice because it's like if, if he doesn't play, I have an empty slot, so I have to put a receiver in. So it's tough, but um, I still feel like the Bills will be able to take care of business. Um, I don't think Tannehill can outshoot uh Allen at this point in time. I'm, I'm going with the Bills. They're favored by 10. Uh, and last but not least, we have the Vikings and Eagles <laughs> to round out the Monday night games. I'll start with you first on this one James. Your thoughts on this game and why Vikings and Eagles, they both are 1 and 0 out the gate.
3: Ooh. Uh, ooh, this is the get your popcorn ready game. This is the best game of the week and it's and it's by far, I think. Um, I'm going to take I'm going to take the uh, ooh, I'm going to take the Eagles at home. Uh, I don't feel particularly good about it, but um, i, I that's, that's what I'm going with. I don't even have a really good re- reason why I'm just taking the Eagles at home.
0: Uh, Mike, your thoughts on this game? Who do you like and why, Vikings
3: or Eagles?
1: This is one of those games that I have gone back and forth on, back and forth on, and to be quite honest with you, my brain's still like a seesaw right now uh, trying to decide um, who to take in this game. There's a couple things uh, that I know will happen. A, I think that uh, Justin Jefferson will once again make the Philly fans uh, mad that they did not pick him in the draft because I expect him to have a good game. Shout out to him, by the way. Last week, the week that he had was uh, unbelievable, uh, week one for Justin Jefferson. But, and I still think... uh, I think at the end of the day, the Vikings are going to be the class of the of the NFC North, and and find a way to win that division. Uh, but I'm going to go with Philly at home as well, uh, just because usually when it's kind of close, I tend to go with the home team. But I don't feel particularly I don't feel particularly good about it. I think that this is going to be a very entertaining game. Um, I'm glad that it's the later of the two. And then it's going to be the one that most eyes will be, for sure, focused on once that Buffalo game's over. But like I said before, I predict that there will be the majority of the eyes, in, the majority of eyes in America, outside of the Music City region in the southeast and uh, the northeast part of the country, will have already uh, focused on this game well before the other one um, is in the books. Uh, I this is uh, an incredible way to round out week two of the National Football League and um, going back and forth on it. But uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles, I guess.
0: So I'm going to go with the Vikings. I think the Vikings get it done. Justin Jefferson's been on a tear. I think he will murder Slay. I think Slade's going to be in a troublesome situation having to cover one of the better receivers in the league. And if that opens that running game up, I don't think there's a linebacker that's going to catch Dalvin Cook, especially seeing the way that DeAndre Swift has success up against their run defense. I think Dalvin Cook is a better running back than DeAndre Swift. I think that Dalvin could end up, I want to be fair, over 85 up to 120 yards rushing today. I think he has a, well, a big game on Monday night, excuse me, not today. But I think he has one of those type of games. I think he probably gets to pay dirt once. I'll say once, but I think that he'll definitely be effective uh, they had struggles trying to contain Swift. I, I, I find it hard for them to turn this around, even if they're in Pennsylvania to start slowing down Dalvin Cook at this point in time. Okay, fellas, we are at the end of the show. I need plugs, closeouts, and everything that you guys like to promote as we close the lid on week two of the NFL season here at the brunch. Mr. Controversy, I'll start with you first. Anything that you like to promote or close out with here in there?
3: Um, I've got not much for uh, for this week, but always check out the com website. for um, They've been putting up a lot of really good articles lately, so I'm going to put that out there. Until um, next week, talk to you all later. Peace.
0: I'm getting a good commercial from Mr. Controversy. Look at this guy go. Hm. He must be born in December. Okay, Mr. Harvey, I need a plug. Close out anything that you like to promote as we shut it down here at the Bronx.
1: Man, as always, man, much love to you, T.P. Without you, I wouldn't be here, man. I very much appreciate being part of this group. Uh, much respect to uh, Controversy, to the Villain, to Sirius, all the other chefs, uh, Chandler, who's been with us uh, a lot lately as well. Uh, but respect to you guys, man, and uh, I very much enjoy being, like I said, part of this group and being able to chop it up with you guys. Man, check out the Barbershop on Clubhouse. we 13,000 strong, continuing to grow. We usually have a presence, uh, not only on Saturdays, but on Sundays during the NFL games. And then we're also uh, around throughout the week, man. We talk about sports. We talk about uncomfortable conversations. We talk about things in culture and the news and whatever. Like I said, way more entertaining than anything sports talk radio can bring you or anything else. So come in and chill with us. It's background when you're at work or if nothing else, like when you're driving from point A to point B. Just drive in for a minute. You can find out the latest goings on, any important facts in the sporting world, everything else throughout the day. Check us out. Get to the website, com. We got, uh, like uh, Controversy said, all kinds of articles, finger foods, all kinds of things coming out there. So check it out. Check out our shows each week. <clears throat> we have the uh, football show on Tuesday nights. We have the college cookout with good versus villain, where good always wins on Wednesdays. And of course, the mothership, the captain show, the time of Sunday morning brunch on Sunday morning. So check us out. Uh, you can also get to us on. Uh, any of your smart speaker devices, just tell a lady to play uh, Sports City Chefs, man. Um, so, with that being said, I think the only last one is for all you Philly fans for Monday night, you know, if you still want to uh, pop by, get your Philly clothing. Uh, also, the the Eagles on Monday night, the Phillies about to make the playoffs Some uh, exciting things happening in the sports world in Philadelphia. So, head on over to co. Put in Chefs uh, to check out to get 15% off uh, for your Philadelphia apparel needs. Right there, Co. We appreciate them sponsoring us as well. And, man, until next week, bro, I'll, be, I'll be talking to you guys again on Tuesday night with our football show at 9 Eastern, both on Tuesday and Wednesdays is when those shows take place. Uh, but laissez les bon tour les muffins
0: Look at these guys go give me these commercials, man. I'm telling you, even the PHI apparel, I love this. This is awesome stuff. Closing out the best way we possibly can. Everybody have fun. Enjoy your game. Support all your teams as best as you can. I'm on the run to go watch my boys get this thing on up against my late father's commanders at this point in time. He would have said a different word, but this is a different time and day and era. But I, I respect it no less. So this game was pretty emotional for me on that note, though. Tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the Chefs again, and if they don't know, now they know.
2: Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs. Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room. Cooking up hot topics to put up on the spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman versus MF Doom, the clouds loom. to so tell a friend, it's the Sports City. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, sport City, Chef, Chef. Sport City, sport City, Chef, Chef. Yeah. Cabin. Touch. <laughs> Woo! Connecticut. Uh-huh.